2: Brian Callahan is making his way south with head coaching in person interviews with three teams. Let's talk about that and why the Bengals might be able to keep Dan Pitcher.
1: You are Locked On Bengals. Your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
2: What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake go. He's your host, James Rapine. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network here on Lockdown Bengals. We'll be covering your team every day through this offseason. And right now, that means we're getting through the coaching carousel in the NFL. And the Bengals have coaches heavily involved, as we've discussed as recently as late last week, and we're going to continue today with some news about Brian Callahan's upcoming interviews. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, you can get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed with a $5 bet at FanDuel.com. James, we have reporting on the timing of Brian Callahan's three in-person interviews as of Monday, going to Tennessee, going to Carolina, going to Atlanta for a string of a very busy three-day in-person interview stretch for, for him.
0: Feels like he's as good as gone, my friend. I think uh, Brian Callahan is going to get a head coaching job, and it's it makes sense in a lot of ways. We've said it multiple times. It's a matter of when, not if, when it comes to the Bengals offensive coordinator. It is interesting, and these three jobs are interesting because none of them are awesome jobs at the moment. I don't know how you feel about them. I, I think there are a lot of people that are gonna look at that Carolina job and say there's no way he should go there. I also think, given Brian's experience here in Cincinnati, and there are some differences. I'm not saying that it's the same, but he's seen it go from one win and wondering where that first win is going to come in 2019 to where it's it's gotten to, where we're expecting AFC championship runs and in Super Bowls every year. And so even a a job like Carolina, because I've seen a lot of comments on this, whether it's uh, on our YouTube page or or on social media, I think Brian will see some good in that. And it wouldn't shock me if that's of the three, the job that he's most likely to take, because I think it's the one that's most likely to offer it to him.
2: Yeah. I think we've seen some reporting kind of hinting that perhaps he is the favorite for the Carolina Panthers, but I think he's in consideration for all three jobs you don't bring in brian callahan for in-person interviews if you're not at least considering it atlanta certainly talking to some very high profile coaches as well so that one feels very competitive just with the belichick report out there and, and that interview that occurred but i do think the carolina is the hardest of these jobs the thing about any of these jobs you don't you don't just turn down a head coaching job unless it's wildly toxic and you could argue that Carolina is that with their owner being in the news a little bit more than you probably want to see an owner in the news lately and the way their season went the lack of a first round asset this year you're inheriting a QB there are reasons that you would be worried historically about seeing a head coach go into that sort of situation for his first head coaching job it's a hard place to be when you can't pick your own quarterback in the foreseeable future and you don't have a ton of assets or honestly great players on the team, but it, it does feel like he's got a great shot to, to go somewhere else this year. I think the Tennessee job and the Atlanta job are both. Okay. I think they're worst jobs in the NFL. Mm. The NFC South seems to be going through coaches at a, at a pretty high rate outside of new Orleans. And I guess Tampa to, to some degree in recent years. So both of those jobs, you know, a little bit tenuous, but at least in Atlanta, maybe you can get a new quarterback in and there's some pieces around down there. And in Tennessee, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that one. That feels like a pretty average job. But if Brian is a good coach, he could elevate any of these teams. And, and I think, you know, we, we've seen over time that he's been involved with the turnaround in Cincinnati. We've heard Zach Taylor talk about his role in building the culture in Cincinnati. And like you mentioned, he's been through that ascent. From bringing in the quarterback to getting to the top to getting to the Super Bowl, and so that's got to be one of the reasons that he's very attractive to these teams.
0: Yeah, for sure. And let's rank, let's rank them thousand foot view. Obviously, we're not in on the interviews and don't have all the details. We don't know what the Falcons' plan for quarterback is. I love Desmond Ritter. I also don't think that that's the plan or should be the plan. They have the eighth pick. I think that's the best of the three jobs. Yep, is that Falcons' job, and part of it is the division, no doubt. And if they get the right quarterback. I think they would have won the division this year if they had the right quarterback, put it that way. And Baker Mayfield won that division with a solid Tampa team, but they don't scare you. They certainly don't scare you. And so that's where I would start. I think the Tennessee job is behind that. But Mike Vrabel had them in the AFC title game a few years ago with Ryan Tannehill. Like, if you're Brian and you think you're a good coach, and I know he thinks he's a good coach, why would you think that you couldn't turn it around in in a weird AFC South that is also... Uh, you know, you got some ascending teams. It feels like some good young quarterbacks there, but mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's—it's it, it's certainly not the AFC North. But it that way. And then the Panthers' job—I agree—it's weird because you're kind of stuck with with Bryce. Like in Tennessee, you are not stuck with Will Levis. It, mm-hmm. It's a draft pick they invested in. And I'm fine if it doesn't work out this year. You can go get your next quarterback, Carolina. You're probably married to him for the next two years unless things go really, really wrong this next year. So you're taking that job. It's similar. Sort of to him interviewing in Arizona last year versus interviewing in Indy. And those are the two uh, interviews he took and got close to getting the Indy job. One, you're drafting a quarterback, potentially, and the the Colts ended up doing that. The other, you have your quarterback in Kyler Murray, similar to a degree with this Carolina job. You have your quarterback, but he's almost like a smaller, less athletic Kyler Murray. And
2: less established. Kyler had done something in the NFL at that point.
0: For sure. Yeah. So it's, it's tough. I, I I do think that he'll take any of the three that comes down yes. to it. I don't know that, but I would be surprised if he turned down a head coaching job.
2: Yeah. I think that a lot of times when these guys are in position to get their first head coaching job, it's very hard to turn it down. They are confident in themselves. They're aware. I'm sure Brian is aware of what's going on in Carolina. Right. But it's just an opportunity where if you're confident in your abilities and your Going to be confident in your abilities if you're interviewing for head coaching jobs. Believe that, that that would be a job he would take. It's just losing losing that pick, not having a first round pick, is, is just I think really tough with the care. And, and maybe I'm overrating it, but it's because it's the first overall pick that they lost in Tennessee in Atlanta, picking seven and eight back to back. You have a really nice asset there to to build your team around if you want to get a quarterback.
0: No doubt and or a stud receiver for your own quarterback if you mm-hmm. you like well or, or a
2: franchise tackle
0: yeah plenty of options to, yeah. to your point in carolina they don't have that let me ask you this let's say brian callahan takes the bengals uh or goes from bengal's offensive coordinator to carolina panthers head coach does that make it more likely that a franchise tag t higgins ends up in carolina i think it does i think it makes it a little more likely
2: maybe a bit I don't know. We can cross that bridge when we come to it. That that just feels so far away. And it's so hard to project hey Brian, the Bengals trading. We got
0: T Higgins here. We need 33 and a fourth rounder.
2: It's so hard okay. to project, project the Bengals trading T Higgins on the franchise tag.
0: 33 and a five. Okay. We'll take it. Let's go.
2: Like, I get your point, but you also, like, do you not agree? It's really hard to project that trade as something in reality.
0: Oh, for sure.
2: Yeah. That's all like, I'm saying.
0: And there's just no way I would let him play out this year on the tag though. And I think they're better with T I just can't get nothing. And the 33rd pick in this year's draft, it's pretty, pretty good.
2: Especially where there's like, you're seeing some, some early reporting about the depth of the draft on day three. Some some discussion oh, I around that. Yep. Um, do you see that this week where like I did, yeah, there's, there's I did depletion of, of the, the draft class because of COVID years, because of this, because of NIL, because of this, because of that, like the late part of the draft. You're talking earlier undrafted free agents kind of getting picked. So Ugh. there's some reasons the Bengals might not be in dire straits if Brian Callahan goes. There, there's some reasons that Dan Pitcher could stay, even though he's also in high demand. We'll touch on that topic and get to some playoff takeaways and some potential Joe Burrow erasure by some other members of the media coming up next. Today's episode is sponsored by FanDuel. The playoffs nearing their conclusion. There's plenty of other sports going on. Whatever it is that you would like to bet on if you're a sports better, FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook has you covered. Right now, new customers can get $150 in free bonus bets. All you got to do is make a $5 bet on FanDuel. When you do that, you get $150 in bonus bets, win or lose on that $5 bet. You can use that $150 in bonus bucks in a ton of different ways as you can with regular bets on FanDuel. Same game parlays that they'll keep live updated throughout the game. They have a new explore tab to make it easy to find a variety of things that you can bet on can get into that parlay hub to find popular parlays and so much more if it's nfl draft futures head coaching futures they've got it all at FanDuel.com. so check it out fanduelcom slash locked on make your first bet a layup FanDuel official partner of the nfl
0: today's show is also brought to you by schultz jewelers and the bengals well they have plenty of bling and whether you're looking for that custom chain to wear maybe you're looking for that perfect Piece of jewelry for her, or maybe you're going to pop the question in 2024. Well, Schultz Jewelers is going to have exactly what you're looking for. And if they don't have it, they can create the perfect custom piece for you, for her, for anyone. They've been in the business for more than 70 years. That's right. They just celebrated their 70th anniversary a few months ago. And owner Matt Schultz, by the way, he's a diehard Bengals fan. He's going through it like you, where he's stuck between rock and hard place with the AFC Championship game. And speaking of rocks, if you want to get the perfect rock for her, make sure you check out Schultz Jewelers. They're a modern jewelry store. Between their custom designs, top-rated permanent jewelry, there isn't anyone like them. and They also have lab-grown diamonds, so you can get your fiancé her dream ring without hurting your wallet. Check them out today at 2202 Dixie Highway in Fort Mitchell, five minutes from the bridge into Kentucky or online at SchultzDiamonds.com. That's S-C-H-U-L-Z-Diamonds.com. The Bengals strive for perfection. Schultz Strollers does too, because when it has to be perfect, it has to be Schultz Strollers.
2: James, if Brian Callahan takes a job to be a head coach somewhere, there's been some concern, including on this podcast, about if the Bengals were to lose Dan Pitcher to an OC job as well. But there are some reasons that he could choose to stay in Cincinnati if he has an OC promotion on the table, especially. And I think there's been some concern that, you know, maybe he would follow Brian Callahan. Maybe he would go somewhere where he's offered play-calling duties and he would take a bigger promotion, quote-unquote bigger promotion, including play-calling perhaps, to go elsewhere. What are your thoughts on Dan Pitcher's future if if Brian Callahan does depart?
0: I think Brian Callahan is the, the next Bengals offensive coordinator. And there's a couple of things. You said Brian
2: Callahan. I think you meant Dan Pitcher. Oh,
0: Dan Pitcher. Bam. Wow. How about that? See, I just did on the podcast what social media teams across the country have been doing. Maybe I meant to do that on purpose, getting the two confused. (laughs) Dan Pitcher is the next Bengals offensive coordinator, and I would be surprised if he wasn't. I messaged you that before we started the show. There's a couple of things here. And we know about his Saints interview. You could look around the league. There's the Patriots. There's the idea of following Callahan to the Titans or Panthers or Falcons. First things first, why would he not follow Callahan? What can Callahan offer that Zach Taylor can't? Because call me crazy, but after five years of being an offensive coordinator and not calling your own plays, I will be floored, shocked, stunned if Brian Callahan does not call his own plays wherever he is. I I would be. I would be stunned. And it's because he's an offensive mind and I'm sure he wants that shot and he wants to show what he can do. And he's learned and feels like he's ready. So I would be stunned if he didn't go that route. So there you go. If you're Dan Pitcher and you're not calling your plays here in Cincinnati, well, why would you go to Tennessee or Carolina or Atlanta? You wouldn't. He's not following Brian Callahan. And this isn't inside info. It's just looking at the tea leaves and reading them. As far as That's concerned. I I think there we go. We closed the door on on Brian Callahan following, or Dan Pitcher. Man, that's twice. Dan Pitcher following Brian Callahan. These other jobs, they could offer the play-calling element, and that's what's interesting now uh, about the Bengals because Zach Taylor hasn't really entertained the idea of not calling plays. Would he do that to keep Dan Pitcher? Does he need to do that to keep Dan Pitcher? I think that's the real question to ask because I'm not sure he does. New England is a question mark. The Eagles have an opening. That's a question mark. The Bears filled theirs today. I, I don't know. I mean, you got Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. And you, if if Dan Pitcher does his job in Cincinnati, he will get interviewed for head coaching jobs next year. I don't know if he'll get one, but he'll get interviews. I, I I don't know if it's worth moving your family and going through all of that when you could just get the elevation here, roll with Joe Burrow, and try to win a Super Bowl.
2: I think the most telling thing about that that idea that you can stay here and get a head coaching interview next year if you do a good job as OC is look at all of the McVeigh, Shanahan Taylor coaches that are that are in demand. and Zach Taylor doesn't have a huge coaching tree at this point because people have stayed in Cincinnati for the last few years has documented Brian Callahan one of if not the longest tenured. Offensive coordinator in the NFL with the same team?
0: Longest tenured offensive yeah. coordinator in the league. Yep.
2: So a bit of a surprise there. that Those positions just move. There's a lot of turnover because those guys, when they're good, go to other teams. When they're bad, they get replaced. And uh, the point is is you look at some of the, the interview patterns, the Bears uh, reportedly hiring Shane Waldron or moving toward hiring Shane Waldron. These guys coming from the McVay-Taylor tree shanahan tree are in high demand around the nfl and you'll probably see that with mike mcdaniel in in the next couple of years as well we've seen it with andy Reid over the over the last few years but if that continues then dan pitcher would be another one of those guys and if he does a good job then he can separate himself from the other number of coaches in the nfl that have similar experience and if taylor doesn't want to lose both guys being Callahan and and Dan Pitcher, he does have some things the Bengals can offer. One, it could be just as simple as money. Do the Bengals need to pay more to keep Pitcher than other teams would offer in, in similar roles? Two, I wonder as there's been some speculation, including Joe Goodberry on Bengals in the, on the brain. I wonder if Zach would consider head coach or, or play calling duties, and I wonder if that's on the table to to try to keep damn Petra, if they don't want to go through that much upheaval in one year yeah do they need to Uh, to your question I don't know but is it on the table I wonder I mean I think that could be reasonable you can see that being possible
0: sure I you could because I I think and we talked about this last week and those that listened to, to or watched our show losing both is not good and I I don't think Zach wants to do that and I think that that's you can say what you want about Brian or the offense or Dan or what, which I don't know why you'd say really anything bad about Dan because both quarterbacks look prepared all year. Right. That's the job of the quarterbacks coach. I think that there is valued as anyone. I think Zach puts a lot on Brian. I think Zach relies on Dan a lot. I think Joe trusts both of those guys and that's, that matters a lot. So to have both guys just go in one off season, that would suck for lack of a better word. And I know that's not the, the professional word, whatever I'm telling you, that's exactly how Zach's thinking. So what, what do they do? I agree. I think there's there's a chance they could go that route. I do wonder if they need to. It's a good OC job. And you say, Dan, we value you. And I, they should pay him, of course. But the the play calling duties, I, I, because that, that opens up a whole other can of worms. I, I'm sure there's a lot of people listening like, yeah, Dan Pitcher, play calling. Okay. Zach Taylor's done it for five years. I'm sure you have... Beef with some of his play calls. Get it. I do, too. Guess what? Dan Pitcher's not done it, all right, during this stretch with the Bengals. So there's there's some growth there, and that's always been my my argument when people say, oh, Brian should be calling plays. I like Brian a lot. There would be a a period there where he's getting his his feet under it, and Zach has gone through that, and he's done it for five years now, and he knows Burrow, and he knows what he likes and doesn't like, and all of those things. So I'm not jumping at the idea if I'm Zach of going to, to Dan and and letting him call plays. But I do think that I guess there, there could be a scenario where that's the case. I just wonder if it's, if it's needed to keep him, I don't think it is, but maybe it is.
2: It'll be interesting. We should find out. We should get our answers this week, potentially this week, next week at the latest Brian Callahan with those three in-person interviews starting Monday through Wednesday, back to back to back days. Teams are going to want to get this stuff resolved sooner than later. That's the case every year. Senior Bowl right around the corner. You want your coaches to be in place for that, especially in Cincinnati. Also true for other teams around the league. To finish up the show, James, you've got some playoff takeaways to talk about with the divisional round behind us and some conversation in national media that maybe some Joe Burrow erasure. We'll finish the show there coming up next.
0: Today's show is brought to you by Game Time. The big game is just a few weeks away. Can you imagine being in Vegas and Having an extra $100 to do whatever you want? Well, game time is the fastest and easiest way for you to get all of the sports, music, comedy, and theater events, get tickets to all of those events near you. And right now, all new users get $100 off when they buy a big game ticket with code VEGAS100. That's code VEGAS100. And they have deals on tickets right up to the start of the event. It's not just the big game, of course, but you can see all of the seats before you before you buy, see the view from each seat so you know you're making the right decision and you can take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Right now, all Game Time users get $100 off a big game ticket with code Vegas100. That means when you're cheering for the NFC, which I guarantee you you are if you're listening to this podcast, you can save $100 with code Vegas100. Terms apply. Just download the Game Time app and use code VEGAS100 for $100 off a big game ticket or if you're not going to the game use code locked on for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed
2: Let's start this final segment of the show, James, today with some playoff takeaways. There are four games in the books. We, we know the championship game contenders. There are a couple of different directions we could go here. I have some ideas. We talked about Bills Chiefs before we started recording, James. I'll let you take us to where we're going to start.
0: Well, game takeaways. Yeah, let's start with explosive plays. Man, oh, man, are they the difference? And can they be the difference? And you look at Chiefs Bills, the Bills, They don't hit on the deep ball to to Stephon Diggs. That certainly impacted the game. But no explosives throughout the game. Meanwhile, the Chiefs averaged over seven yards per play, multiple explosives. They have Travis Kelsey running free. Rasheed Rice with some big plays. Isaiah Pacheco had some big plays. Clyde Edwards-Alaire had a big run up the sideline. Uh, That's a a major factor, and I think this Bengals offense, this offseason, whether it's Brian Callahan, Dan Pitcher, or Jake Lisko calling the plays, you need to find a way to get more explosive plays, and in part of that's personnel. Part of that's uh, execution, certainly, and part of that's finding the the right plays at the right time.
2: Four verts. I'm calling the plays. Four verts. Let's That's go. my style, baby. <laughs> oh,
0: baby. Let's go. You, you if go I were to tell you out on the field a little bit,
2: if I were to tell you that the Bills ran thirty more plays in the Chiefs. Yep. They outpossessed the Chiefs by 15 minutes. Yep. They out they outrushed the Chiefs by 40 yards. The Chiefs lost the turnover battle. And the Chiefs also couldn't get into the end zone on two red zone possessions, including one of those being one of those t- turnovers. Would you think the Chiefs won that game? How would the Chiefs possibly win that game when they're out possessed by 14, 15 minutes? Hmm give up, you know, there's that many more explosive plays. That, that's how you, that's how you stay in a Make, game that goes that it's way,
0: makeup, man. It's just, it, it, will just hide. It'll just hide all the other, the other flaws. And th- by the way, I think the chiefs defense is legit. I think that's part of it. No
2: they they made it very hard for the bills, having all those extra plays, the yards per play for bills offense. It was moving down the stretch. Yeah. The, the chiefs defense made things hard for sure.
0: It, yeah. So th- there's, one one thing, one major takeaway. Uh, the other is man, oh, man. Some of our draft crushes, some of our draft crushes just crushing it. I was just sitting there like, oh, all these tight ends. And I, I think everyone was mentioning tight ends, but just to see Jameer Gibbs just accelerate, accelerate into the end zone, running past safeties, making them look slow. Oh, and I know he was there at 12, but those that listen to the show know I was really high on him. And uh, yeah. Kincaid had a few nice catches. Laporta, was someone that, oh man, we should have been higher on and pushed harder, I think. But uh, well, obviously, was was someone that uh, the Bengals liked, but not enough to take at twenty eight.
2: Public consensus on Laporta was flipped. Pretty flipped. pretty consistent throughout. The highest anybody would have him would have been early second round, not quite as early as he got picked. I think he, you know where he got picked was a surprise to many people who know a lot about the industry. Same for Jameer Gibbs.
0: The, the tight ends went earlier, too. Yeah, Gibbs went earlier. But the tight ends, when you look at them outside of, like, Darnell Washington. Like, Tucker Craft went a little earlier. Uh, Luke uh, Musgrave went earlier than people expect. Like, they all got bumped yeah. up almost except after Kincaid went.
2: After Kincaid. Because Kincaid yes. could have gone earlier. Mayer could have gone earlier. But the NFL didn't like Mayor as much as some of these athletic guys it, it is one of those things where you're going to look back at the tight end class and think, man, that's a missed opportunity. Somebody asked us that question on Twitter. I responded to the question. It is a missed opportunity. I don't think there's any way around it. It was a great tight end class. I was way on board for Tucker Craft. I think Tucker Craft, having him, if, if he was on the team right now, if you had the Green Bay, Musgrave, Craft combo, you'd be great. You'd be feeling great about your tight end future. But if, you, if he had just one of those guys, I think you'd be feeling pretty good about it too. But one of the one of the takeaways there for me is, and this is reactionary. Don't get me wrong. This is this is reacting to one year of NFL football. Yep. Let's, uh, I'm probably going to downplay positional value a little bit this year.
0: Yeah, I get it. I do. After last I get- year, I was all about it. No and this doubt. Year, and you weren't alone. You weren't alone either. Believe me. And it's not just
2: last year either. This might be a one-year blip, right? Like picking Jameer Gibbs and Sam Laporta Goes wrong for teams more than it goes right for teams, but it made a big difference for Detroit this year.
0: The Lions took Gibbs a linebacker and then a tight end all in the yeah. top 34. I mean that's it's tough. And I think they could have waited till 18 to take Gibbs. I really do. I mean, I was high on him as anybody, but I, I think they could have waited and they take Jack Campbell instead, but hey, it's worked out. They're in the the NFC championship game. Um, the, the the two quarterbacks in the NFC championship game aren't getting all the buzz, uh, but I will say all this talk, the, the other takeaway, and it's wild. Like anywhere you turn now from Joe Burrow being compared to Ben Roethlisberger and everyone's going to say two rings, that's a fair comp. No, it's not. Uh, to Brady Manning and, and, and now Lamar is the second best player in the world. People just forget about Joe. It's just, it's wild to me. He, he's, he's been dominant in these playoff games. He's won five playoff games in two years back-to-back division championships, gets hurt, and now it's like he's Justin Herbert or something. And I'm not knocking Herbert. Like, I think people still respect Joe and think he's a good player. No, he's had playoff success, like a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And he's not even mentioned right now. I I mean, Lamar could win out. He could win the Super Bowl. And he doesn't have as many playoff wins as Joe Burrow does over the past two years coming into this season. It's just – it's a bit wild to me. I
2: think at least you <laughs> – Bengals fans might not like this. Uh, you credit Patrick Mahomes in his post-game comments for sure. Yeah, shouting out Joe Burrow. Like, yeah, when when I play Josh Allen, when I play Joe Burrow, when I play Lamar Jackson, I know that's going to come down to the end. I know the kind of fire those guys have. That's the respect that Patrick Mahomes will put on those guys. And and made sure, even though he's about to play the Ravens, just play Josh Allen and the Bills, not to forget about Joe. And yeah. how could you if you're Patrick Mahomes? Because there is a bit of a nemesis matchup there people talking about josh allen and mahomes being the best qb rivalry in the nfl maybe it is because they both win and and patrick mahomes has the one more recent win against joe burrow so maybe you gotta win more to call it a rivalry but i think you can call it a rivalry between patrick mahomes and joe burrow
0: yeah it's the best rival i don't even think it's i don't even think it's close now bills chiefs they're always fun games they're always entertaining but every single game the Bengals and Chiefs have played are one possession. They go down to the wire. They could have gone either way and sign me up for that, plus all the trash talk around it. I just, I, I think that that's, to me, the best rivalry. I think that'll continue. There's a reason Jamar Chase said anyone but the Chiefs. I, I don't feel that way. Maybe we'll talk about that later uh, in the week at some point. But uh, th- that's, if you think I'm rooting for the Ravens, and another thing coming, Jake, let's go. Yeah. I'll tell you that much right now. And it has just nothing to do with a, Lamar. I love Lamar, but everyone else.
2: Just to wrap up here, I just uh, a couple other playoff thoughts. Tight ends, you mentioned that, I think. Tight ends mm-hmm. for each of these playoff teams were among the leaders in receiving yards, George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, Sam Laporta making big plays, Isaiah Likely making big plays, Cade Otten making big plays. I know, those plays. two
0: hurt. Those two hurt.
2: Dalton Kincaid, the leading receiver for the Bills. Tight ends making plays for all these offenses. We're going to be talking about tight ends a lot. Not a great offseason to acquire tight ends, but you can do it if the Bengals choose to prioritize it. we'll see what direction they want to go there. Uh, And Lamar Jackson is incredibly good at football. Like, put the team on his back. 100 rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns to go with the passing productivity for that team. Uh, Certainly can't underestimate Lamar Jackson will be a thorn in the side of this team. Should be a fun rivalry with Jackson and Burrow, assuming they get to play each other on a regular basis at any point when both players are healthy. But that's another one, just looking around. And strong quarterbacks in the AFC. We, we kind of thought maybe that that wasn't going to be the case. Late in the regular season, the AFC looking very muddled, and here we are at the end of things. And it's the best quarterbacks in the AFC And and in NFC. It's, it's Brock Purdy and and uh, Jared, Jared Goff. Goff.
0: Keep Joe healthy. Yeah. If so, you always have a shot.
2: You always have a shot. Even if the defense leaves something to yep. be desired, you always have a shot. Yep. yep. That's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. It's off-season time. More off-season topics and more news coming, potentially, on the coaching carousel here, and we'll have you covered when it does. Until next time,